Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 11, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion. I'm page Roman numeral XXVIII. The last paragraph, which begins, Men and women drink essentially because. We will be reading that one paragraph and focusing our comments on the last sentence at the top of the page of page XXIX, which begins, this is repeated over and over. Today's readers are Sarah Y, Anita L, Amanda R, Cecilia H, and Deborah S, if we need to devora. Our newcomer greeter is Susie K. The reference number for Tuesday, January 10th, 2017 is 9467, 9467. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah Y. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Sarah Y. in the Dallas area, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over our food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and when we and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought the prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact of God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you and I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah Y. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia with the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much, and with that, I pass. Have a good day. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, 
Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in The Doctor's Opinion on page Roman numeral XXVIII, the last paragraph which begins, Men and Women Drink Essentially Because. We will be reading that one paragraph, ending at the top of page XXIX. The first five sentences are being read for context only, and we will be focusing our comments on just that last sentence. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. We are going to focus on that one sentence for the entire hour. And then again, and then again, in the next, in the hour, next hour, someone is unmuted. I, I will now ask Amanda, um, Amanda R, to read this paragraph and comment on that last sentence to get us started. Amanda R. Good morning. This is Amanda R, and I am a recovered compulsive eater in Maine. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented, unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. So that's where the paragraph ends. Um, this is, I, when I first read this, this sentence, um, let me just set my timer here. When I first read this sentence, reading through this as, as a newcomer, uh, I got confused um, because I'm, what is an entire psychic change? And um, I had to come to realize what did psychic mean in the 1930s? Because for me today, when I read the word psychic, I think of uh, a lady with a crystal ball and incense and uh, maybe a sitar in the background and she's going to look at my palm and tell me like what kind of person I'm going to marry. And I was like, okay, that's probably not what the big book means. But <laughs> So um, I looked it up in various places and what, it, what I found is it, it means relating to the soul or mind or, um, yeah, my, hold on, let me look it up here. The human mind, soul, or spirit. Okay, I, I, for a while I didn't see what that had to do with my eating, um, and yet I believed this book. I saw that it was working for other people. Okay, 
Um, so I need an, an overhaul in the way I think and in, in my, my innermost self. And I was like, okay, now that I understand that, well, that, that sounds like a pretty tall order, actually. And, I, and the good news is that this book is, is, as we say, it's a practical program of action. Um, it may sound a little bit... Um, a little bit amorphous or, or difficult to get a handle on reading it here. Yet, as we as we read through the next few paragraph, uh, the next few chapters, um, we find that working the steps the big book way is actually very concrete. It's very it's it's clearly laid out. I don't have to wonder and um, and try to make it up as I go along. Try to wonder if I'm doing it the right way. Which is great uh, because it worked. It worked for me. It's worked for a lot of people, and the binge cycle, in fact, for me has has stopped, which is crazy. You know, I never would have thought I could go over a year uh, completely abstinent and not minding it in the slightest. In fact, being very happy about it, uh, living my life in a way that has meaning. And and feels worthwhile, not only um, not not being wrapped up in the food, but but living my life for my higher power and for others. I don't know. I hope that's helped some folks some. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amanda R. So before I open up the line for sharing, I just want to remind you that the whole hour is going to be spent on sharing on this one sentence. So. Hopefully, everybody who wants to will get a turn, and I'm going to ask people to pause before they give their name so they make sure that I can keep up. And I did not hear you, but I I will open the line now. Chrissy G. Larry. Okay, hold on, because I just don't write that fast, okay? So, Harlan G. Larry A. Mary B. I heard Nicole P. Deborah R. Asa O. Lauren N. Nancy H. Asa Tina F. Virginia C. Virginia C. Lauren N. Deborah R. Lauren N. I don't hear you, Deborah R. So I'm going to stop here. I have Melissa C. So let me tell you who I have, and I'm sure you are not going to be happy that I jumped over and missed some of you, but I just wrote them as I could. Harlan G, Larry K, Melissa C, Deborah R, Nancy H, Virginia, I didn't get your last initial, and I did not hear Danielle O, but I'm going to put Danielle on the list, and hopefully she is there. So let's just go with these uh, three, six, seven for now. Harlan G., please go ahead. Harlan? Okay, sorry about that. Harlan G., recovered. Okay, sorry about that. Thank you for your service. Harlan G., a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome, and thank you to Team Wednesday for all your service. 
To be a compulsive overeater is to live the life of a hamster on a wheel. And the more you run and the more you try to get away from the compulsion, the further into nothingness you go. You don't move. Every day I go to a health club and I ride a stationary bike. And it says on the thing I rode 10 miles. I didn't move an inch. This is the life of the compulsive overeater. I keep going further and further and further into the abyss because the disease is progressive. So that may sound like I'm contradicting myself. I sort of am. You go backwards. You go further into the abyss. What is, what is my life? My life was a series of getting up in the morning and detesting myself for being fat. And going into my day with my resentment replay machine going, and then my get even machine going, and then my vow to not eat certain things. And the more strongly I would vow not to eat certain things, the faster those things would jump into my mouth during the day. If you put me on a lie detector test when I said I don't want to eat these things anymore, I would come up clean because I was telling the truth. What is he talking about when he says a psychic change? He is talking about a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. The only solution for the compulsive overeater is a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps because the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. If my mind is unfettered by the buildup of these emotions, if the buildup of everyday normal human emotions does not rise to the level where it causes unbelievable pain within my soul, my brain will not see the need to drag me by the hair against my will into the arms of a Kit Kat bar. And when that spiritual awakening takes place, I already feel better. And the process of bringing that higher power, step two, into the equation so as to lower the level of these emotions that process is called recovery. And that's what this is all about, Charlie Brown. This is about substituting the effect of the spiritual awakening as a result of the 12 steps for the effect of a Kit Kat bar and the effect of the steps has none of the devastating side effects. With that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Larry Kay. Uh, good morning. Good morning to all those Charlie Browns. I'm another Charlie Brown. All right. So Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. So the big book uh, tells us that, again, if we're going to be relieved of this disease, we need to have an entire psychic change. I'm going to have to become reawakened to the presence of my creator. And it, it's a very simple thing, although not easily achieved. First, I'm going to have to be open to the mere idea of this. And the psychic change seems to involve a, a radical change in my system of beliefs, uh, the belief system that I've been living with and operating under all my life has to be changed. And it's a profound alteration 
in my reaction to life. And human beings, I believe, were created to love, but calamity and selfishness got in the way of my creator's will for me. You know, I, I think of the giant oak tree, you know, does the giant oak tree have a belief system, a manner of living endowed by its creative intelligence? Does it do the creator's will perfectly, that oak tree? When that tree was an acorn laying on the ground, it had all the information necessary it needed to fulfill the creator's will. And does it sound too far-fetched that our creator has blessed mankind as he's blessed all the, you know, the, the lesser forms of nature like an oak tree? So before, you know, you know, I embark on this program of action, I have to ask myself a question. You know, I can ask myself just how daunting and hard this process is going to be or how miraculous it's going to be. And you know what my higher powers answer to me in either case is? You're right. You know, when we embrace this program of action, trusting in the process, our awareness expands from the usual self-centered uh, focus on me to a more inclusive focus on we, on others. And it, it's a fundamental shift from a focus on me to other-centeredness. And through the steps, you know, which is what we're doing here, what are we doing? Well, there's, there's some divine words that we, need, that we read every day on this line that capture the essence of our intention. We're abandoning ourselves to God as we understand God, admitting our faults to God and our fellows, we're clearing away the wreckage of our past. We're doing this through the actions that required. And we're, then we give freely of what we find. The beauty is I don't have to rewrite the big book. I just follow it with humility. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Melissa C. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, this is repeated over and over and over again. And, um, God, that was my history. You know, I would make this promise, this vow, this commitment, um, full of like self, full of self and, you know, uh, self-hatred, but also self-determination that I was going to get myself out of this. Um, and yet, always return to the food and was repeated over and over and over again and and yeah and got progressively worse and you know I didn't want a psychic change I you know I liked my thinking thank you very much I just wanted to be thin I wanted um to be able to not eat so much and be thin and um you know not not the cards I was dealt you know and and I I, when I read it um, and really took it in, um, I, you know, it hit. It, it, I read it and it hit me. There is, there are only two alternatives. I mean, it says it in the big book. It's either you're going to be, you know, destined to um, blot out your consciousness. I'm paraphrasing. You know, you're going to go on to the bitter end with the food blotting out this intolerable life or you can have a spiritual awakening, you can have a solution. And, um, you know, and I was so tired of being owned by the food, and I saw that I wasn't getting myself out of it. You know, I tried everybody's food plan, because surely that's what, that was what's going to work for me. Give me your food plan. That must be the change that's required. Um, you know, but it wasn't. It's the psychic change. It's the change of my heart and my mind, and my soul, and, 
you know, the incredible thing is through the steps um, and through having this psychic change, this disease has actually turned out to be the greatest gift that I was ever given. I mean, how could that be that this body that I hated, this food that owned me, um, this disease that made me crazy was my gift because it allowed me to be so freaking desperate that I was willing to have an entire psychic change. And today, you know, I live a life um, beyond my wildest dreams. You know, still the same house, still the same husband, still the same kids, but this psychic change has filled me with love and gratitude and no desire to eat the food. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Deborah R. Deborah R. Uh, this is Deborah. I'm sorry, slight technical difficulty there. Um, I hear you now. Okay. Um, good morning, everyone on the vision, and welcome, welcome, my fellow travelers. This is repeated over and over. And unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And um, I think of the psychic change, which I just looked up the definition, and um, it mentioned um, a spiritual awakening could be another way. And unless he experienced an um, entire spiritual awakening, there is very little hope for his recovery. Um, but before um, I get the psychic change, I certainly was one who repeated over and over and over and over that desperate promise to myself that I wouldn't do it the next morning, that this is the end all, the be all, and that continual downward spiral into the abyss of compulsive overeating. And there was no way out. Every time I promised myself, every time I committed to not do it again tomorrow, because of the nature, the twofold nature of the disease, I was going to eat whether I knew it or not, because I didn't know about the twofold disease. I just knew something had me in its grips, and I couldn't get out. I was stuck. I was drowning. I had no clear path of how or any plan of action other than the repeating of the same old, same old. And someone once said that, you know, we don't solve our problems on the same consciousness as where we have them. And until I came into the doors of OA and began to read this marvelous book, I couldn't have or even know that I needed an entire psychic change, that I needed a spiritual awakening that could be implemented by following the 12 steps. And the word entire psychic change, entire, when I looked that up, said whole, total, total sum, the aggregate. It's all the steps. To me, it's the abstinence. It's the entire abstinence from my food's that trigger this allergy of the body and then working the entire 12 steps, not just the first three, 
not just maybe make an inventory and giving it away, but if I never look at that list on eight and make those amends and then live in 10, 11, and 12, I'm not going to be able to maintain the spiritual awakening which is required. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah R. I don't know if that background noise was on Deborah's line or not, but please check your phones. Uh, Nancy H. Morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service today, and good morning, every, morning everyone else. Um, I'm Nancy. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader from Massachusetts, and I so relate to this because now that I've had the psychic change, I can see the difference. Um, my 41 years in OA, I had many periods of what we call abstinence. Um, I wasn't free of the compulsion totally. I was pretty free. Um, I wasn't fully recovered for sure. I hadn't had the psychic change. Some of my thinking had changed, but not all of it. And now, as a result of doing 10, 11, and 12, I'm finding, you know, I never thought I was a selfish person. And um, I found out how I was selfish when I did my fourth and fifth, but I didn't see how selfish I was until I had to come and surrender to things. Excuse me. Um, One of the examples of that is that I've always said since my son lived with me three, four years ago that he'd never live with me again. And uh, yesterday I was willing to surrender that, and I was willing to see my selfishness, that it was an inconvenience for me, and I was willing to wholly uh, embrace the fact that he might be living with me for a little while. And I didn't feel resentment, and I didn't feel, uh, I felt fear. That was what was driving me, my fear. Once I saw that, it was like a complete different uh, mode of thinking. And my thinking had changed a little bit before, and I thought, boy, I'm getting better. You know, I've had six years of abstinence, eight years of abstinence. I kept picking up again, and I couldn't figure out why. And now that I've had the psychic change, <coughs> excuse me, I can relate to what that is. And I know there's very little hope for me unless I get that idea in my heart, not just in my head. So I'm very grateful for today um, that I've had a psychic change, and I know I can maintain that if I just keep living in 10, 11, and 12. So thank you for letting me share. I pass. Rebecca? I don't hear anyone. Was I heard? Rebecca? Oh, yes, you were, oh, Nancy. I, you forgot. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I forgot to unmute my phone. Thank you, Nancy H., for bringing me back to life. You're welcome. Um, Virginia, I didn't get the first initial of your last name. Hi, this is Virginia C. from New York. Um, unless this is repeated over and over, I think, you know, if, it's interesting to look at what's not said here in that that phrase. Um, it's not said repeated daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, um, hour by hour, um, and that makes it that opens it up to be so inclusive. Like when I first came into this room three years ago, you know, I heard these people talking about you know, binging every day and over and over, and that almost pushed me out because I was like, well, I'm, 
I'm really not like that. I'm just like a once in a while, like crazy person. Um, I'm saying, you know, you know, most of the time, but every couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever, I go crazy and I, I, I can't control myself. Um, but the more I listened, the more I heard that there were others like me and, and the timing doesn't matter. It's just that it's over and over. So it doesn't matter if your binge cycle is by the hour, by the day, by the week, or by the month. If you have, you know, the twist of the mind that keeps bringing you back to this fatal cycle, then you have this disease. And it's repeated over and over no matter what the timing. And if we live this way, it's torture and it's misery for us, for me. I'll speak to myself. And, you know, the psychic change to me is, one, I have to take step one and I have to I have to admit that I, I have a problem. I need help. I mean even that is a psychic change. Admitting that there's something that 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 I can't control. That's a psychic change because I thought I could control everything. You know, and, and the more I'm in, in, in this program and the more I read and the more I listen, the more I've learned that the, the psychic change for me is, is then just asking God to literally rewire my brain. I mean, there's something wrong with my brain. It doesn't send the correct message to my body. Um, And I'm actually working with a doctor on some medical issues, an alternative doctor, who basically said the same thing. And this this has nothing to do with my compulsive overeating. But he said, you know, most health problems are because your brain doesn't send the right message to yourself. And that's what needs to be fixed. And that's what's true for me with my compulsive reading. My brain doesn't send a message to my stomach saying, you're full, stop eating. My brain doesn't send the message that said, this is going to make you sick, don't, don't pick it up. There's something wrong with my brain. And I can't fix that. Only God can. So my prayer, I literally say, God, get in my head. Rewire my brain and help me to heal. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Virginia C. Danielle O, are you available? I think it was Vasa O, and you didn't get my name. Hi, Vasa O. It it actually was not you, but since you're there, I'll let you go ahead and share. Thank you. You want to wait for Rebecca for a little bit? No, I mean. So, well, this is this is I'm Rebecca sorry. and Danielle didn't yeah. uh, respond, so it's your turn, Vasa. Okay, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service, and I am uh, grateful. Recovered compulsive overeater calling from Fox, uh, from Massachusetts. No, I'm in Florida. <laughs> um, again, psychic change. Uh, before I came to my higher power, I thought I was uh, going to a fortune teller or go to a psychiatrist to change my thinking. So, um, but anyways, today my psychic change is, uh, it's a spiritual awakening, it's a spiritual experience. Uh, I, For me, psychic change is to be able to do the things that I couldn't do before. I mean, it's a miracle, you know, from being able to accomplish something for 25 years of my life 
to be doing the same thing over and over, repeating the same thing over and over, and thinking I, I, I could fix it or somebody else could fix me with my food addiction. So th- there was very little hope for me left, and this was my last place coming to Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm just so grateful that I'm grateful for because I was a compulsive overeater. It's a gift, you know. In those days, I thought it was such a punishment. I'm not going to be able to eat certain foods that I really loved and I lost, you know. But I was just so ready and willing to surrender. You know, my sponsor said, Vasa, you just have to find a higher power greater than yourself. That's all you need to do, you know. And then follow the directions, the way they're laid out in the big book, or, you know, the tools or whatever we learn, you know, but it is anonymous at the beginning. And I did surrender. I did surrender the first night of my meeting, you know, going home and getting on my knees. I was so desperate. I give the, I had the gift of desperation. And I was terrified, you know, to surrender. But I did. And I did have a spiritual experience at that moment. I hadn't worked the steps yet. I hadn't gone to church. I did not read the Bible, you know. And it was like a sudden spiritual experience. It was just so amazing. But I was ready and I was willing. And um, and then, you know, I got up and I wanted to eat again. Well, I heard that small voice of Vasa. You just surrendered. You know, you just had your supper, you know. Turned around, went back to bed. And that was the beginning of my spiritual experience. I know what it is because I have had that experience, but I had more awakenings and more experiences as I was working the 12 steps. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. I'm going to open up the line again, and if you'll be patient, I'll try to get your names written down. Who else would like to share? Kathy K, did yeah. you want to share? Yes, very much. Thank you. Okay, great. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Uh, Kathy K, recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. Um, you know, the first time I read this last sentence, um, I was quite discouraged uh, for two reasons. Um, I had been in therapy on and off for so many years and had not been able to change my thinking or my actions or my attitudes 
I was the same person with the same anxiety and depression and overeating habits, um, even after many bouts of uh, work with um, professionals. So, you know, uh, the other reason was I was an agnostic and um, I had no belief in a power greater than myself. So as I read into the doctor's opinion, um, I really got quite discouraged the, the first time. Um, it was in listening to my fellows and actually reaching out to my fellows and asking them, can you tell me more about how this came about for you, that I became willing to try. Um, and P.S., many years later, uh, when I read this sentence, I identify strongly with it, and I know that I've had a psychic change, and I know that at first I didn't think it was possible for me. Um, so um, I'm hoping that that uh, experience can help others who may be wondering how can this happen for me, uh, given my history and given my my stance towards the idea of a higher power that can bring about a psychic change. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Irini, press star one to unmute. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. My problem was, is, and always will be my thoughts. When I was drowning in the food and I couldn't breathe, my thoughts kept me a prisoner. My thoughts kept me a bondage of self. It was my thoughts that lied to me. It was my thoughts that tricked me into thinking that I can where I couldn't, that I can control my food, that I can control others, that tomorrow will be different, that the next time I will be able to control. I was completely delusioned, living in my lies and my stories, and I I was lost in my isolation. And this repeated this way of behavior over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I was abusing my physical I was abusing myself physically, emotionally, spiritually from the behavior with this food. I was constantly fighting my thoughts, and the truth is I was defeated by my thoughts. So I needed to save myself from myself, but I couldn't save myself. I needed you to help me save myself. I needed God to save me from me. I needed to get connected, to be connected, and to stay connected in order to be saved from myself. I needed to be healed by God And I needed the support from you guys, my fellows. My relationship was a very destructive one with the food, and I needed to to restore that relationship. 
I had to change my behavior with the food. So I first put the food down, and then I started working the steps, and I started to shift little by little, leading more into God and away from myself. Once I gained peace with the food, I started to change the way I viewed the food, and that would be no more sex affairs, but it would be nutritional and healing because that's what God's food is about. And it's nurturing the gift that he gave me, which is my body, that I was destroying his gift. And how hurtful would it be if I gave you a gift and you destroyed my gift? I started to create space between my thoughts that belonged to God, sacred space that would be between my thoughts so that my thoughts can be guided by that sacred space. And that would be God guiding my thoughts. And that's the psychic change. And thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Rini. Uh Craig F., are you available? Star one? Yeah, this is Craig F., where we covered the Pulse Eater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you hear me? Is it F, F as in Sam? F as in Frank. Oh, yeah. Okay. F as in Frank. Sorry, I thought I got that wrong. Yes, we can hear you, Craig. S, go right ahead. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Um, I uh, was remembering that uh, time when I was about 10 years old, and I read an article in the paper about some uh, yogis that they said could uh, control the the temperature of their skin by and rate of their heartbeat by meditation. And at 10 years old, I thought that sounded really cool, and so I went out and sat under a tree, and I gritted my teeth, and I clenched my fist and sat in, the, sat in a cross-legged position and thought, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to change the temperature of my skin. And, of course, I wasn't successful, and I had no concept of uh, the uh, of how to do that. And I, I'm not even, I don't even know if those folks can do that, but uh, I... I um, what I did was I, I I had tried to do something without instruction. I tried to do something that they uh, did by studying under people that were more advanced than they were. And, uh, of course, it wasn't successful. Uh, of course, it wasn't. Uh, and I tried to do it with my by the power, just the power of my own will. I tried to will it to happen. And, you know, I come to this program and... I can't will myself to have that um, uh, psychic change. I can't will myself to have a, a spiritual awakening. I, I, I can surrender to the program, and I can uh, do the work, and I can uh, listen to the people that are that have gone down the path before me and place myself at their feet and and uh, and and hear how they did it, and and. I, I can focus on that, but I can't do it by the power of my will any more than that 10-year-old boy could uh, change the temperature of his skin by the power of his will. And and so I, I, I remember going to through a week one time where I was going to a lot of meetings, and they, they seemed to all be promises meetings. And uh, everybody was talking about the promises, and I remember leaving all those meetings saying, I'm not experiencing those promises in my life. And I said that to a friend of mine in OA, and she said, 
well, have you really worked a ninth step yet? And the, and the answer to that was I hadn't. I, I, I had not worked one. I certainly hadn't worked a complete and thorough one and an honest one. And yet I wanted those promises, and I wanted that, I wanted that freedom from food obsession, but I wasn't willing to do the work, and I wasn't willing to, to, to listen to the people that, that had that and find out how they, they got it. And to, today I am. Today I want that. Uh, I have that, and I have it, and I can maintain it by listening to the other people that have it and maintain it and taking taking their guidance. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Nessa R. Star one. Nessa. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? Nessa R, I hear you. Oh, great. Uh, this is uh, Nessa R, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, a psychic change um, is also referred to as a personality change. And, you know, what's a personality? A personality is the way I think, because the way I think drives my feelings. It drives my attitude, my perspective, and therefore it drives my behavior. And the way I, I used to think in active addiction was, oh, my life is so hard. I have no money. I'm fat. You know, if only people did this, if only I got what I wanted, if only this, if only that, I wouldn't have to overeat. You know, I wouldn't have the stress. I need my life to be... Um, to be easy, I need my challenges to go away, um, you know, and oh, you know, a piece of cheesecake will help me cope better. That's the way I used to think. Um, and I was very, very, very good at it. Um, but a psychic change implies a, a, a change in that way of thinking. But, you know, like I have two obstacles in changing the way I think. Number one is the fact that, you know, because Excuse me, because I have practiced it for decades. I'm really, really, really good at it, and it comes automatically. I don't have to. I don't have to be aware of even my thoughts. You know, I just they just come. And the other obstacle is that how can I teach myself a different way of thinking? You know, if I could teach myself a different way of thinking, I would have done it a long time ago. But this is where the steps come in. The steps change help me change the way I think. Because in steps one through nine, I learn a new way of thinking, a new skill set. And in steps 10, 11, and 12, I practice it. And the more I practice it, the better I get at it until it becomes a working part of the mind. And that's what brings about recovery. You know, and that's what I experience. I, my thinking is no longer... I wouldn't say 100% of the time, but most of the time is no longer focused on me and what I want and what I don't get and how food's going to make me feel better. Now I'm focused, okay, on what is God's will for me? How can I be of service? 
you know, what can I bring to a situation? How can I help a person? You know, it's no longer what I need. It is what I'm needed for. And that is a big, big change, but it comes with a lot of work and a lot of awareness. You know, it's not enough to work steps one to nine and then put the book back on the shelf and say, I'm done. You know, it's like, it's like learning to ride a bike, but never practicing it. I'm never going to get good at it. Um, you know, the, the more I practice, the better I get at something. So I have to be careful what I practice. Am I going to practice my diseased um, um, way of thinking? Or am I going to practice the new skill set that I learned in steps 1 through 9? And that's where steps 10, 11, and 12 come in. And that is the power of the step. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Leanne W., I think you might be our last person to share. Go right ahead. Hi, this is Leanne W. Can I be heard? Yes, I hear you, Leanne W. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, So My name is Leanne W. from Massachusetts Recovered, and I will make this quick. I really wanted to share, and Nessa sort of said everything that I was thinking. When I came into this program 26 years ago, I struggled with it as though it was a diet club. And then many times I had said that I had gone through the steps, but I really only went through one through nine, and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't experiencing this psychic change. The psychic change came for me working steps 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. And I had to do it on a daily basis so that when I came to difficult times, I would know exactly what was going on today. I know what my binge foods are. I have a food plan. I work my food plan. I do step 10 every day so that I can understand where my character defects are and I can ask God to help me and work through my program and and do steps 11 and 12. I'm driving in traffic right now and if somebody cuts me off, then you know, I'm going to do a step 10 on that. And when I recognize what these character defects are, when I'm not struggling, when I'm having a hard time, so if I want to eat in between meals, I'm going to know instinctively what I need to do so that I don't pick up that bike bite. And so for me, it truly is working steps 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. And by doing this, I experience the psychic change that keeps me in recovery with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lee W. Mary B., it looks like we can squeeze you in if you'd like to share. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, Mary B. Yeah, I'll try to be I'll try to be real quick. I'm not good at that, but I'll try. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered calling from Yuma, Arizona today. And I have a way of using visuals. I get these uh, visuals in my head that apply to different parts of my program. And right now I'm thinking, and I have in the past for many years, visualized myself with a hole in my gut, a hole in my head, and a hole in my heart. And I'm standing out on a public street. I don't know what that means, but... I'm standing on a public street trying to fill those holes with food and just shoveling the food in, everything, the sugar, the flour, the protein, the, the um, diet food, the unsweetened, the sweet, uh, just everything, just shoveling it in, shoveling it in. And those holes are not being filled. It's just all going right through. They're very neat holes, by the way. 
very nice, neat hole. And then through working this program, I start filling those holes with something called a higher power. And it takes time for me, and little by little by little, those holes are being filled by what I was really hungry for. And when those holes, and they may not even be completely closed yet, but as I keep working, they close more and more, and I find myself filled with that higher power and no desire for the food and not feeling a need for anything. Knowing that I have everything I need, that peace, it's amazing. I don't want to take any more time. So thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. Thank you for everyone who has shared. Thank you, Mary B. Reva P., I'm sorry we've run out of time. Perhaps you could share in the second hour. Thank you, everyone. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Cecilia H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning. This is Cecilia H., a compulsive overeater, grateful for my daily reprieve. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.